Hello, and welcome back to another episode, I believe episode three, of the Healing Podcast. Um, man, I, how are you, first of all? Um, I am doing well, just unpacking a lot. Man, like, thoughts have just been swarming my brain like i've just been having all of these aha moments download moments um sad moments just (laughs) all over the place um my journey through healing is to just unpack you know and the stuff that i've been holding on to the belief system that I've had, the lies that I have grown to carry because of my experiences. And uh, it's been tough. It's been hard. It's not easy by no means. I wish it was. I wish there was some way that I could bypass it, bypass it and just cultivate happiness. Um, but I figured I would just speak from the heart. I always do. I never have an outline or I never like plan what to say. I never edit anything because like, if anything, um, this time in my life, I just want to be like so raw and true to myself. Like I want to be 100% me. I don't want to like fake it or put on a mask or, you know, um, perform. And so that led me into thinking like, man, there's been so many times in my life where I have been a circle trying to fit into a square or being a particular puzzle piece and trying to fit into a puzzle that that I don't even belong to. Um, And I'm just, I'm just unraveling all of the neural pathways that have been formed because of, um, you know, what I've gone through. I have world views because of you, my experience. And so um, just trying to, to break free of that. And I think that's like one of the first steps to cultivating happiness within for me. Um, and so I was just thinking that um, I made a post earlier um, on social media where I was exposing the lies. Um, And for those of us who are not on social media, it's basically, it's it's a practice called expose the lies. And what you're doing is um, you write down all of the things that you believed in your head and all of the lies that you believed in your head that limit you, you know, and, and then you replace it with the truth. And one of those lies for me was that only um, white women had happily ever afters. And man, when I, when I wrote that down, I, I cried. Like it made me emotional because like just to think that like I believed that, that all this time. Now warranted, I, I grew up in Minnesota. And so I never had, I never saw a representation of like a black woman having uh, living in a happily ever after sort of, you know, situation. 
what I always saw was struggle, heartbreak, um, being tired, um, working hard. Uh, the narrative was that black women were strong, the strong black woman. And uh, that was it. I never saw anything beyond that. And um, living in Minnesota, I had, of course, I had friends. Man, they were amazing friends who were white. And I would go over to their house and it would be a completely different experience for me. Like, I couldn't even believe it because, like, it was nothing but peace and ease and stability and uh, sitting at the dinner table, your whole family, even having a male in the household, um, the father. And um, it always, like, left me flabbergasted. It left me in awe just to know, like, whoa this is a real thing. This isn't just like on the TV shows. Mind you, there were TV shows that portrayed that, but they didn't look like me. And, um, and at the time, fairy tales, the princesses didn't look like me either. Princess Tiana came way later. And so I truly thought that that wasn't for me. And on top of that, um, I think that I, not, I think, I know that I have a lot of shame on where I come from. You know, I think self-love has been harder for me because I self-analyze a lot. I'm very, very emotionally aware, but yet still I suffer with self-love because of the shame on who I come from. Um, I come from, you know, abuse. Um, I come from disappointment. I come from liars and my dad molested me and uh we went to trial got all 12 counts of guilty all 12 counts of guilty you know evidence very like truthful evidence and still uh his side of the family coddled him and uh i think i have resentment i know what i don't want to be i knew that i didn't want to be anything like them um, I knew that, like, I wanted to stay as far away from that as possible. And then with my mom, my mom was emotionally and physically abusive um, from relationships. What I know, what I've witnessed is nothing but toxicity, uh, literally trying to run her, her husband over and, you know, cheating, being cheated on, uh, her, her husband having kids, you know, within their mar outside of their marriage. And uh, I knew I didn't want that at 14 years old because, you know, I was put out a lot. Um, 14 years old was when my my uh, my father, maybe I was 13, 13 years old was when I, my father went to to uh, prison. And so I didn't have the support of my grandparents on that side. And so um, before, you know, the abuse would be back and forth. It would be my mom physically and emotionally abusing me. I mean, like black eyes and all this, you know, and uh, my dad sexually abusing me, even sometimes on the same day, I would, she would kick me out of her house. I'm begging not to go and then send me right to my dad's, even though I'm begging her not to send me over there. I'd have a black guy walk in the door with a black guy and crying. And he, for some reason, would be turned on by that. And then, you know, do what he 
wanted to do to me. And so coming from that, that was the representation of uh, being black in my world. And I didn't want any parts of it. So if you fast forward. At 14, and I'm not trying to put anybody else's business out there. I'm just trying to tell my story. I'm trying to share my truth. At 14, I was trying to get emancipated. And I longed for a family as well. And I found myself trauma bonding with a man who later ended up being my, becoming my husband, now ex-husband. But like looking back on that, especially after my last relationship just now, like I realized, and I've only had two real relationships, um, but I've realized that I've only loved in this one, this last relationship. Like I've only really loved in this last relationship. That first one, it was me trying to get away from what it, where I came from and also like trying to create a family and be a family and become a family. Um, just being something other than what I knew. And what that got me was trauma bonding with a man who later ended up doing exactly what I was familiar with. Um, I was familiar with getting abused physically and emotionally, sexually. And that's exactly what I ended up getting in that marriage, which is a whole nother conversation. I think we we do need to talk about, um, we need to talk about, uh, you know, rape in marriages, because I think a lot of times there are some men who think just because you're, they're married to you that they're, that your body belongs to them and they can do whatever they want to you. Um, but that's on another, on another episode maybe. But yeah, I found myself trauma bonding with a man. And then because I was familiar, I was not healed. I ended up, you know, getting into a situation that felt familiar, abuse, and uh, having to to deal with that. So that's just more trauma being added on to what was already there. Um, and then I talked about, you know, how I saw my mom in her marriage and how, you know, he cheated on her and had a baby on her. And what's ironic about that or what's eerie about that is the same thing ended up happening to me. Uh, so it's just a reminder that you can never run too far. You can never run from anything. The, the best way to to get out of the situations that you don't want to be in is to heal. And, and also I think my hair, like right now I have my hair locked. I think, I think on a, on a deeper level, I did this because I tried so hard because I just, it, it just makes me feel, um, most like my natural self, you know, like it's just, there's not much that I can manipulate. I mean, I can do different styles and stuff, but it's, it's helping me to love myself. And I'm glad that I did this because like, I loved, I loved that I locked my hair. I love the way that it looks. It does definitely make me appreciate, um, some of my features more and it helps, you know, on this journey of self-love. And I'm, and I'm hanging out at my friend's house who's white and I see nothing but stability and a loving family and, and peace, having it together, you know, love, joy, happiness. That's what I chased. 
And so I try so hard not to be who I am. Um, and, and that's why I say, like, I try to fit a circle into a square. And I think now that I can reflect on it, I can see how, like, I'm always still reminded that I'm not a square, you know, like I'm still a circle. It doesn't matter how, how much I try to run away from, you know, the stuff that I had been around. Um, there had been times where like, I was reminded that I was a circle. Um, I have worked hard, worked really hard to even get where I'm at now. And I'm not even at the finish line of my journey. You know, I still have a long way to go, but to even where I'm at now, when I look back, um, trying to keep up with like my coworkers, right? I, I work in finance in corporate America and I'm the only black woman and the youngest black woman there. And so a lot of the times, like I would overhear the conversations of like stuff that they would talk about, stuff that like I never would imagine I would be able to do, um, their homes and their cabins. And, uh, they would talk about retirement funds for their kids, you know, starting that now so that their kids don't even have to work to, you know, establish a retirement fund. That was just mind blowing to me. Like I've heard of college funds, but a retirement fund for your kid, that's on a whole nother level, emergency funds and all of this stuff. And I found myself like trying to be like that, like code switching, dressing a, a, a particular way, always trying to like, you know, look my very best, my hair, hiding behind my hair, trying to either wear it really, really straight or the curly mixed girl look, um, manipulating my hair into these curls that just wasn't natural. And one day, um, I, it was my birthday and my, one of my coworkers invited me out to celebrate my birthday. And, um, it ended up being like me and her and, and, uh, some guys, guys from work, some coworkers from work, and we were all drinking and they get on the subject of my hair, of how like they like my natural hair and I don't need to wear weave. Now, mind you, I, I never thought there was anything wrong with weave. I always thought it was a way to creatively express myself. Um, and it just felt very normal. But when you are in an environment that doesn't necessarily understand you, um, sometimes what you believe to be normal, someone, may, someone else may not, you know? And so they kept saying like, oh, you're wearing these weaves because you don't love yourself. And to a point, they were right, right in the fact that I didn't love myself, but that wasn't why I was wearing weaves. I just, I just truly enjoyed it. Um, and, and one of the guys like pulled my hair off and the only thing that I could do was cry and, and nobody like took up for me, not even, you know, just nobody did. And, uh, to this day, like that has been a traumatizing moment for me. I mean, even going into the office when I would change my hair, I'd get all of these, oh, like touching my hair or asking about it all the time. And, I could wear a scarf. I, I remember wearing a scarf one day and 
someone came up to me and they're like, oh, are you wearing that for religious reasons? It's just like always something. Um, And over me overperforming, me trying so hard not to be me, you know, like, and, and I was good at it. I could walk into a room and charm anybody, honestly, like I could charm the whole room. Um, I can give that to myself, but not, but not by being myself. Um, and so I was just thinking about those moments. I was thinking about, there was another coworker of mine who, a woman who told me that like, I need to separate my, my home life from my, my business life because at the time I was going through a really nasty divorce and, um, very nasty and abusive divorce. And I had my kids and it's just me providing, it's me making sure that they're in school and everything. And so my life consisted of me dropping my kids off, going into work, me hurrying and leaving work and bringing my laptop um, with me, going to get my kids and then me working from home. It was just a lot of that or me bringing my kids into work Or if anybody is in the emergency room, I'm working in the emergency room. If I'm sick, I'm still working. Like my life, it was very unstable. But like I did what I needed to do to make sure that I kept up with everybody. And uh, it's not until now that I just realized it's like, dang, girl, you could have had more grace for yourself. Like I used to be so frustrated with myself that I couldn't keep up with everybody else. But I never considered the fact that like, Do you know what you come from? Do you know what you're doing? Do you know, you know, all that you're dealing with? Whereas a lot of my coworkers are married with two, you know, incomes in their households. They they don't, they have support and um, I didn't have any of that. I was even uh, doing like Postmates and bringing my kids with me on the side, even, you know, after, after work. Um, I worked really, really hard to to try to fit in, to try to be in that world because I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be in the world that I thought I knew, uh, with being black from what, where I came from. Um, and so I was just saying in that post how I'm grateful that I'm able to see outside of just my little bubble and to see that like happily ever afters aren't just for you know, white women, happily ever afters, they, they can be for anybody. And, uh, like I felt sad because it's like, man, like I feel so bad if my daughter thought that, you know, thought that like, because of the color of her skin, she's only entitled to this, you know, to, to struggle, to working hard, to doing it on her own. And, and honestly, I don't even know what happily ever after for me looks like. I know one thing though is that I, the two things that I for sure need is stability and peace. And I'm still figuring out the rest, but, um, I think I've, I've ran from who I was for so long that sometimes it's hard to know, you know, who I really am. Um, you know, because you just, you just kind of go with whatever, or at least I do. When you come from trauma, uh, you very much likely become a people pleaser. And you try to be whatever a person needs you to be. And if you've done it long enough, then you get pretty good at it. You know, you just become who that person needs you to become. 
And um, I've done that for so long and it never works out. I can tell you that spoiler alert. It doesn't work out because it's tiring to try to keep up with that. Um, and also it just furthermore makes you hate the real you because you're running, you're trying not to be that. Um, and so I'm just trying to unravel the shame, get rid of the shame behind the actions of the people I come from. It's not even, that's what's so crazy about it. It's not even that I'm shameful of something that I've done. It's more so I have the DNA that, that comes from people who I'm ashamed of because my dad is a coward. My dad continues to like pretend like he didn't do the things that he's done to me. And I'm just left with the aftermath. And sure, he went to jail for years, but he still has the support. He's still, I still don't have a voice to like tell that side of the family besides the, the immediate ones, his mom. And I have compassion for my grandmother. I've, I have a lot of compassion as a mother, you know, for her because I can imagine how it feels to know, you know, or to hear that your, your son is a rapist, but on a, but on a, on a whole, like on a, on a larger scale, um, I just, I have anger towards the fact that like he's been coddled and he's been looked at as this like great man and he's still trying to pretend and keep his reputation, even though he did the sick things that he's done to me, you know? And, um, so it's hard for me to love myself when I know that I'm part of, I'm part of him. I'm part of my grandparents. I'm part of, you know, I'm part of that side of the family as well. And I don't love that side because I'm, I'm disappointed. Um, because I'm still years later and probably for the rest of my life, I'm going to have to deal with the aftermath of a person, you know, and their, and their actions. And so I just feel shame towards it. Um, but I'm glad that I am voicing it uh, and unraveling it and knowing that, like, hey, um, my best friend had told me, like, you know, every seven years your DNA, cha your DNA changes. And uh, that's what I keep trying to, like, the lie, the lie for me, exposing the lie is that, like, I should feel ashamed of myself because of who I come from. And then my best friend who, ex who exposed the truth for me said that every seven years, your DNA changes. So by your age, I'm 33 right now, your DNA has changed at least three times, at least four times, almost five times. And so you can't even say that like, you have their DNA in you because it changes all the time. And I just keep trying to remind myself of that and also change the narrative of what it means to be black, you know, because I'm going off of my experiences and, um, it's just been tough. Like I, I haven't even had like any like real friendships or relationships with black men. Like it's that deep. And um, so I'm just working on exposing the lies right now, doing the work. <laughs>
and it sucks sometimes, you know, and then also knowing that I have to create the blueprint for myself because oh, there was nobody before me. I was talking about with my job and hearing about, you know, the retirement plans and having a tax, a yearly tax fund and emergency funds and all of this stuff. And like, I've been struggling with, with the tax thing. You know, I've been, it's been hard trying to change my mindset because growing up taxes was a time to look forward to because you were getting money back. And, uh, that's just not the case for me. And so I have to like change my mindset around things, you know, like knowing that like, I'm not where I come from anymore. You know, like I'm creating a new story for my life and hopefully for the life of my kids and, you know, their kids, if they choose to have them. Um, and it's just breaking down those, that mental prison, because that cage, those bars, that mental, those mental bars, um, are just, they feel like they're made of steel sometimes, especially when, uh, you know, you've been conditioned to believe, you know, one way for so long. It's been, you know, almost 18 years of just abuse and sadness and heartbreak and disappointment and struggle, survival, all of that stuff. And so I'm just trying to unravel that and, and create new neural, neural pathways um, that line, that align with what I truly desire. And what I truly desire has to align with what I believe. And so the only, and so it just brings me right back to my mind, you know, it brings me right back to like, how do I, how do I break these, this mental prison? Um, I, I do think I'm on the right track though. And, uh, and I'm sure it, it's going to come with a lot more tears, <laughs> a lot more tears, a lot more frustration, but also hope and traumatic wisdom. You know, I feel like I have a lot of wisdom despite my circumstances and I've, I should be proud of, you know, the, the things that I've already done in my life. Even if I'm still like looking at big picture finish line, it's like, but you also need to celebrate the smaller things in life, the smaller things that you've done, like how hard you work. Your, your kids are going to see that, like you did this on your own. You worked hard. You worked you brought them to work. You worked when you were super sick. You worked in the emergency room. You did all of this stuff. You're like the only black woman in a company. And sure, it's not my own business, but still I am growing. Um, I am growing and I'm learning and I am breaking down barriers that I never thought that I would be able to, to break. And that counts for something. And so, yeah, I'm just trying to have a lot more grace. I'm trying to have a lot more grace in like building my own blueprint, trying to have a lot more grace in deconstructing um, all of all of the the um, the lies in my head and breaking down this mental prison, the cage. Um, just learning and growing and, and, and learning how to love myself.
because there are so many things to love. Uh, and I'm just going to keep telling myself that, you know, because the mind is malleable and neuropathways can change. Doesn't matter what age you are, as long as you work at it and you continue to repeat it, be consistent, you will eventually believe it. And, and there's so many reasons why I should believe that I'm worthy. Um, and yeah, so I just wanted to share and check in and let you know that I have four more weeks here in the forest and I am trying to be present. I've been hiking uh, and I just, I just did a hike where I put weights in my backpack. I would not recommend that. That was super hard, but like, that's the other thing. I will do these like really challenging things because I don't know why I go like, like torture challenging things and then, um, see if I can beat it because like, man, it gives me this dopamine rush as soon as I finish it. Like I, it, it just makes me feel good. I don't know why it has to be so like challenging, so torturous, but that's another thing that I have to work on. But yeah, I've been hiking. I've been, and I haven't been bringing my phone. I've been, I've been in the moment, uh, being present and yeah, trying not to look forward to, or not even trying not to look forward, but trying not to think about the future right now because, um, thinking about the future only like I think about it negatively. And so, uh, I'm just trying to be right here and just keep reminding myself that everything is going to work out. It always has. You are better than you've been. <laughs> that is the truth. Small things to a giant. Um, so, yeah, we have four weeks and then we'll be on to something new. I have I have goals. I, I have a plan. That's that. That's the good thing. It's like even if my environment may be a little chaotic and I won't have the peace that I have here, um, I have a plan, you know, and I'm going to continue to work on my uh, self-discipline and uh, remain mentally strong, you know, work on that so that I can, no matter what, what environment I, I'm in, I can continue to um, do exactly what I need to do. So, uh Until next time, thank you all for listening. Bye.